would think a person in like his right mind would just be like, all right, man, this game is, there's a reason I'm bald, right? Like this game is causing me too much stress. But yeah, man, for some reason I was like, oh, this is just what I needed. Like it sucks, but this is what I needed, right? Like honestly, looking back, and I'll still say this to this day, like getting released by Pittsburgh was the best thing that ever happened to me. All right, welcome to episode six of From Phenom to the Farm, an interview series presented by Baseball America, part two of our conversation with pitcher Robbie Rowland. My name is Kyle Bandujo, and I am your host. I hope everyone is staying safe. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast, uh, listen to this interview, and hope it provides, you know, an hour or so of, of distraction from what's going on in the world right now. When we last left Robbie Roll in the D-backs third round pick in the 2010 draft had just been released by the Pirates a few months shy of his 23rd birthday. We're going to pick up right where we left off with Robbie breaking down his final outing uh, as a Pittsburgh Pirate. Robbie's career story could have ended there. He could have packed it up, hung up the cleats, gone and done something else. But that's, that's pretty much the opposite of what he did. He's going to walk us through how he built up both his body and his confidence, uh, his roller coaster ride through a few organizations, being in big league camp, then suddenly being a free agent, and everything else he's experienced up to now. He's currently still a free agent looking for a job as soon as baseball season gets going. If you want to hear more of Robbie, he's available on pretty much every social media platform you can think of. He has his own successful podcast, The Robbie Rowe Show. It's available everywhere you get this podcast. So, so you know, check that out. If you enjoy this interview, you want to hear upcoming episodes as soon as they're released every other Tuesday, please subscribe to this feed wherever you get your podcast. And if you have the chance, take the time, leave a five-star rating and a review. Those do help this podcast. Also, please continue to check out everything going on at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, we might not have live baseball right now, but there's new pieces up every day. They just released an expanded top 400 for the draft, uh, scouting reports up to the top 200 right now. You know, just in, you know, just commentary on the state of baseball, keeping every baseball fan in the loop. On the podcast front, Teddy Cahill and Joe Healy have been doing some uh, podcast recaps, rewatching some of the greatest college baseball games ever. You know, definitely check those out. I've been really enjoying those. If you're a college baseball fan, I think you will too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho. I'll be posting updates on this series, future guest and episode info, as well as my weekly sports movie podcast, Big Screen Sports, which comes out every Monday. With that, I hope you enjoy the sixth episode of From Phenom to the Farm, part two of our talk with Robbie Rowland. Man, long story short, I kind of just bounced back from outing to outing, again, not knowing like how to freaking throw. And this is where it just all crumbles on top of me. Like everything kind of all of a sudden hits at once in one outing. Um, my last outing as a Pittsburgh Pirate, um, it's a day game and I'm just out there like trying to figure out how to throw a baseball dude I've been quoted saying I remember that outing specifically because that was the one outing where I was out there and I felt like I was throwing the baseball left-handed like no joke dude it was it was an unreal experience like we mentioned in 2013 like I had dealt with the the you know um not the the not, not quite of, the yips yeah. but yeah not the quite the yips but now all of a sudden I'm out in this game and I'm like just lost like okay all right, like I don't know what I'm doing, guys. I remember throwing uh, 15 pitches, uh, no, 17 pitches, 16 balls, one strike. Uh, I get released after the game. <laughs> 
I mean, walk me through that. You're 22 years old. You're still not, you're, you're definitely not too, you know, too old to go to college and still be a normal college student. Is there any thought to, Hey, maybe this wasn't for me. Let's wash my hands of it. Or did you go into the off season full bore and say, I'm going to get another job? (laughs) Dude, it's so funny. It's like, (laughs) you would think a person in like his right mind would just be like, all right, man, this game is, there's a reason I'm bald, right? Like this game is causing me too much stress, but yeah, man, for some reason I was like, Oh, this is just what I needed. Like it sucks, but this is what I needed. Right? Like honestly looking back and I'll still say this to this day, like getting released by Pittsburgh was the best thing that ever happened to me in my career. And that's not to say like anything disrespectful to Pittsburgh. It's me. Like it's not you, it's me, but I needed that. Like I needed the break from the game. I needed to, we talked about the identity, right? Like I needed to find that again and having, uh, I got released, but it was still like maybe mid late August. So it was like typically, you know, basically a regular off season anyways, but I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I finally like outlined a specific approach and it was, and it was legit. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take three, four weeks off. I'm not going to look at a baseball. I'm going to just, I'm going to escape, you know, I'm going to do things fun. I'm going to be a kid again. I didn't go to college. Right. So it's like, I didn't, I didn't have any experience besides just like being a baseball player. So I was like, maybe that's the issue. Maybe I need to like find another hobby. So I need to, I, I developed this plan of like taking three to four weeks off. I'm going to play as much basketball as I can. I'll maybe even put some thought into going back and, and using my eligibility to play hoops somewhere. Um, I'm going to like take ground balls. I'm going to long toss. Cause again, Pittsburgh wouldn't let me long toss. I'm going to like take fly balls. I'm going to play pepper. I'm going to freaking do this and that. I'm going to be a kid again, dude. So I developed this plan. That's like, amazing right like looking back at it i just wrote the article about this but um i just i stick to this plan dude and i just regain full athleticism uh back which was tough to come by when i was with pittsburgh because i was kind of always trying to change something mechanically uh like you you mentioned like being put in a box being a robot um and then i was kind of just broken free from all those restrictions essentially and i just truly identified my as you know, I was like, because there's a part to it too, where when I had first made the adjustment for throwing over the top and, and throwing hard again, I was kind of like, there was always that in the back of my mind, like, dude, it's in there, right? Like, there's nothing to say that I can't regain that velo, stick with that velo, be consistent with that and get a job. Like, I, again, my confidence was really high still because I knew I had that in me. And I've always just, I've always bet on myself. So and I, I, I can't doubt my work ethic, right? Like that, those were never questions for me. So, um, d- developed that plan, stuck to that plan, got back, uh, moved back in with, with, with mom and dad. And we, you know, pops, man, just, just being the guy still, still to this day, like we, we worked, man. As soon as my three to four week break was, was done, like we freaking worked, man. And, and, um, we, we, 
kind of just developed this like, hey, I'm not really going to think anything mechanically. I'm just going to come out and I'm going to, you know, hit me ground balls, hit me pop ups, you know, hit me fungos. And um, I'm going to throw the ball as far as I can. And then what you see that naturally occurs with guys is that any time that they can express like their their maximum power output in a throw. Right. So for me, like if I'm setting my sights on a distance that's like 400 feet, like the body's going to organize itself in such a way to complete that task and that's all of a sudden like that that light bulb clicks right that's this is a time where i'm, I'm reaching out a lot to um alan yeager and we're talking a lot about you know long toss and the benefits of this and that and i'm like getting into it and so sure enough man we're starting so not to cut you I'm, off but that's this is the this off season is the origin of you getting starting to get outside influences in your pitching and starting to look beyond what the organizations have given you so far in your career. This is the origin of it, 23, the 2014, 2015 off season. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not restricted to any contract now. Right. So it's kind of like a new thing. I don't have to like really report back to anyone or anything. So it's like, I'm, I'm trying to do anything in my power to, you know, give myself the best opportunity to get a job. So, yeah, I mean, I reach out to Alan and, and say this and that, and, um, you know, tips, advice, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so definitely used a little bit of external influence, but I, at this point in my career, I have to check every box. You know what I mean? I have to check every box in the sense of like, you know, putting myself in that position to get a job. So I'm reaching out to anyone that I knew or anyone that I found online that, you know, maybe, and it wasn't, it wasn't to say that I was, I was reaching out, like, again, being, trying to be that like cocaine addict, like looking for information. Cause I already knew the plan, right? That was the big piece of the puzzle is like, I put a plan in place and now I'm just kind of looking at little modifications and tinkers uh, along the way. But, um, so what we do is we spend about a month, I think maybe a month, month straight of like challenging distance, just long tossing and saying like, Hey dude, when you were in high school at 18, you were throwing. And again, I was at the same field. I was in high school. So I knew how far I was throwing, but I was like throwing foul pole, foul pole. Right. So I was like throwing four and a feet. So I was like, I'm going to get back to that. I remember those first few days of long tossing. And I was like, not even close, <laughs> but, um, I was like, I'm going to get back to that, man. I'm going to get back to high school, Rob. Like, let's go, dude. We're getting back. So sure enough, man, about a month straight of just like straight up trying to throw the ball as far as I can, trying to throw as hard as I can and doing this, my, my arm slot, and my body mechanics kind of just naturally put into place and naturally synced up to the positions that it, they needed to get into, to express high power output. And I was like, Oh, well, that makes sense, dude. Like, my body knows how to organize itself. I'm a freaking athlete. Like, it's, it's not overcomplicated, man. Why, why the heck am I just a mental midget, you know, this whole time? <laughs> so really, again, just really simplify the whole entire process um, and, you know, stick to what I know works for me and what I benefit from. And, uh, you know, we, we go along that path and, and uh, this, I, I throw a couple bullpens and I'm like, the velo's good. And then finally I, I started again, talking about those checking the boxes. Like I still had all of the email addresses from the scouts that recruited me in high school or scouted me in high school. Um, so I, I'd take it upon myself to like get on my laptop, send an email, uh, like freaking four page email about everything that I had gone through at the time. And, uh, the, here's some video. And we got to the point where I was able to get a, um, you know, like kind of a, a, a bullpen together, get some guys come watch me in a, in a bullpen. 
And that bullpen was like 93, 96. Ball's coming out good. I, I, you know, was very in a very good mindset, very encouraged with how things were coming out. It would be a totally different, it would be a totally different dilemma, uh, right? Like, or a, a, a situation in my life. Like, if I, if I was still encouraged to play professional baseball, I would still play baseball in general. But I wasn't like I was back to throwing eighty six. You know, it'd be totally different. I would I would not probably want to do it at that point. But the fact that I was able to come back and um, and get to the point where I was throwing hard and I was, you know, showing and being impressive, that just kind of gave me more and more confidence to to progress. And uh, I remember. Did you after still that, feel like there was a big league guy in there? Hundred percent, man. That was something that like never. That never went away. I don't know. It's still, it, dude. It's not a. It's. I'm still a big league guy. You know. I'm just. I'm just waiting for the coronavirus to go away. You know, and then, <laughs> no, and then we're back yeah, in, aren't, man. Aren't we all? Aren't we oh, all? Oh man. But yeah, I mean, I remember after that pen, um, had some scouts like there, and I, I got signed the next day by St. Louis, and I was like, this is great. Like, I'm going to an organization that is is well known for developing pitchers, and I I again like looking through the rear view. I I've known I've gone through so much at this point already that I know, um, you know, kind of like the the what not to dos and the what to dos and all of that. Just kind of it all clicked, man, in in going into that season in 2015. So when you when you sign with the Cardinals, do they do they sprinkle the Cardinals devil magic on you, or is it like a shake? How do, how does that work? Because they, they they've <laughs> got to be doing something. <laughs> yeah, they got the best stirrups in the league, man. <laughs> that that's it. That's where the devil magic comes from. So so the best thing that I I will always give St. Louis so much praise is because they they let their guys be there, like they let 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 the people be who they are. They don't try to change anything. Like they, they work with what they got. And as soon as I got there, like I'm 23, like I'm still pretty young. Right. Um, and once I got there, I already know at this point, like professional filter, like don't, you know, don't seek out a, a ton of information, kind of whatever. I was only on a spring training contract. So I think it was kind of just, I had to go there and perform, which for some reason you think about it, like that's a lot of pressure, but I didn't feel any pressure. I was kind of just like super grateful, right. To have a, be able to put on a jersey it's hard to do man once you're out of the game to get back in like i speak from personal experience twice i'm trying to do that right now (laughs) but um i was really grateful for that opportunity and that's when i really started getting back into that oh man i love this game you know and just really being able to to be excited to go to the field to be excited to throw again because those years especially that 13 14 year at the end when like i was mental midget like struggling so hard i would i wouldn't look forward to pitching in a game and this is again hearing my backstory from high school you would never think that that is the same guy right so um that 15 season i I come in no one knows who i am no one knows who i am i'm pumped that they they allow goatees so i grow a dope goatee out i I freaking go to the club he gets stirrups i'm like yes dude i'm back so Spring training, no one knows who I am, like I said, and uh, and I go out and I freaking shove, you know, I'm like, I'm dominating, so I end up making a team, but the team that I made was Loe, Peoria, <laughs> so fast forward, uh, 2015, I'm back in Loe, but for some reason, man, I don't know what it is, I was just, um, <clears throat> I was just, again, really just excited, um, really grateful to be playing professional baseball again 
because again the the being released was like the best thing for me in so many different ways and it allowed me to show that deeper appreciation for the game and that's exactly what i needed at that point and and show like how fun the game is and um and that season go going to peoria i was just like dude f this man like i'm just going to have fun i'm going to pitch i i enjoy pitching now i'm freaking competing and uh i just remember going out and and it was freaking cold as balls but i i got out in every single outing um i would just challenge myself like it wasn't anything mechanical it wasn't anything like mental it was just like the simple fact of i'm gonna try to throw a mile an hour harder than i did last time so you started seeing like 93 94 95 96 97 so i got up to like 99 i think uh during the all-star game that year and um again just being in a really like good place uh allowing uh, having a team that allows you to be who you are not not overcomplicating anything from a mechanical or a mental standpoint and um just simplifying everything for me you know i was able to long toss during the during the season something that i wasn't like i said it wasn't able to do i was having success so i was able to be my flamboyant self if you will i was uh under a really really just awesome awesome skipper that uh that that liked me for for who i am and again like i talk about this with my parents all the time like you look at my career even even like dating back to just my last season in, in baseball, but the best that I've ever done are are the the, the teams that I'm my most comfortable with, right? So that uh, 2015 season was was great. So I I, I go, get to go to the All Star game, um, and then I get called up, I go to High A. So I'm in the Florida State League. I'm kind of like, yay, this is this is great. I probably have like records in the Florida State League for just like p- poor performance. You're back where but, the demons um, are. Yeah, dude, t- tell me about it. But me being who I am, I kind of like look at it as a challenge, right? So the first thing I do when I get there is look at the schedule, like when are we playing Bradenton, <laughs> right? So um, I remember, I remember getting up there and like all of a sudden people are like know who I am, and I'm you know I'm out there every outing, and I'm I'm probably hovering around like 97. I'm throwing the ball really good, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool when Bradenton came into town and I got to pitch against them and. I just remember thinking because these are some of the guys you know that I played with down in West Virginia when I was really really struggling before I got released, and then they saw me out there and they're just like, "Whoa, <laughs> like that's a different dude." So it was it was cool to pitch against them. I had a little bit of extra uh, extra adrenaline in that game, you could say. Um, and then I was only in Florida State League maybe for like three weeks, I think, and then I got called up to Double A. I was like, "Holy smokes, this is Double A!" I freaking got an at bat. I was stoked. Every um, pitcher's dream. Dude. Every pitcher I mean, thinks they can on. hit. It's every pitcher's dream to get in the box and swing it. Right. Well, every pitcher thinks they can hit. I know I can hit. So, different story. Um, unfortunately, don't get a knock, but I did hit one up the middle. Second baseman made a diving play on me. I ran like a 3-3 down the line. Um, you can pull it up. MILB.TV. Shameless plug. But, uh, yeah, man, and then everything was kind of just unfolding, um, you know, going right for me. I was just keeping things simple, um, having good success, and uh, got a call one, one afternoon when I was in dubs, and they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're stoked about you, man. We're going to send you to the Fall League. I was like, what? Which is a pretty <laughs> far cry to... <laughs> from not even getting sent to Instructs two years dude, previous. I was like, yeah, that's what I, said. I was like, you know you're talking to a dude that didn't have a job, like, <laughs> seven months ago. <laughs> But, um, 
yeah. So he was like, well, in order to send you the Foley, we got to renew your contract for next year. And I'm like, whoa, man, this is great. So, and then this is where the, my eyes open to like, you know, you're not, you don't have to be on the whole $1,100 a month contract. So I got a nice little contract and a little minor league Johnny. And I was like, that's freaking cool. So all of a sudden what you start seeing happening is, is just this comfort factor. And then the, the uh, underlying like notion of this organization likes you, right? Like you advance three levels, you're going to the fall league, you got a contract for next year. Like, this is it, man. There's this confidence in you. Oh, there's always confidence in me a little bit because I'm a good looking dude, but this time. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, yeah, you're right. So, you, you well, you, you get through the fall league, and I, I've got to imagine that offseason, and mentally, it, it's got to feel like the closest you felt to I'm on the track for the big leagues. Oh, I'm going. So, not I, I forgot to mention, but in my contract that we negotiated before, I went to the fall league. They said, we're going to give you a big league spring training invite. Right. So <laughs> you're talking to a dude that didn't have a job. And now he's like, I'm going to big league spring training this next year. <laughs> First, I'm going to the fall league. Then I'm going to big league spring training the next year. So yeah, man, like everything's starting to unfold. I have a really good fall league. Actually. I think, um, I don't know what my ERA was, but I remember just one outing. I gave up a grand slam, and then I don't know if I gave up another run the entire time. But, you know, one of the dudes there, honestly, well, I hate, again, I hate to say that and brag, but um, uh, with that, our team there was just unreal. And finally, kind of just being around these guys and feeling like I belonged, right? That's kind of always something that I longed for. Any, Any athlete longs for, you know what I mean? It's like they all want to be you know, towards the top of the performance and kind of fit in with the guys that are doing the best. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, going into that off season, I was definitely encouraged and I was, uh, I was excited. I, I took a vacation for the first time in a long time. I went to Mexico. I got a tan. It was cool. Um, and then, man, and then absolute like devastation hits. <laughs> if you, if you want to, how much time do we have? Cause I feel like, man, we we've to... got as, we've got as much time as you want. We'll turn this into a two parter. Um, yeah, we've got it. We've got as much time as you want. Let's get into, into 2016 where you only get in just over 20 innings. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like devastation hits. Um, so obviously a quick turnaround time going to big league camp, which is a little bit earlier coming from fall league, which goes a little bit later. And then, uh, so I go to Mexico, take maybe a week or two off and, uh, start throwing up or start throwing, throwing my throwing program again, arm feels pretty good. And then all of a sudden, man, I remember one day I just woke up and like, I could not straighten my arm. I was like, what the heck's going on? Like, it was like, felt like it was stuck. So, um, I like try to throw, I can't throw. I call the Cardinals and I was like, dude, this is, this is a, this is a thing. I'm, I'm like four days away from reporting to camp. And, um, you know, I'm like dealing with this freaking elbow thing. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Like, this isn't supposed to be happening. I've never dealt with an injury. I've never, my arms always felt great. The so on and so forth. And, uh, I call them up and I say, Hey, like, I don't know how much attention you want to put to this, but the simple fact is I I can't throw and camp's going to start in four days. Big league camp. My first big league camp. Like, come on, man. God, just shoot me in the foot. Yeah, night, so, nightmare uh, season. Yeah, so uh, Cardinals take take initiative like right away. So they're like, all right, well, we got you a flight to St. Louis. We're going to get you an MRI, x-ray, so on and so forth. So they fly me to St. Louis, and it turned out to be like I bone spur that I like grew. 
I don't know how, I don't get the body, but anyways, I had a bone spur and I was basically given a choice to have the surgery, get it removed, about three month bounce back time, or just quickly rehab it, don't throw for a while, because guys throw with bone spurs and bone chips and whatnot. And um, so my mindset there, I remember kind of calling my agent and thinking, hey, what's the best opportunity? My mindset was like, I'm gonna make the big leagues this year, like no matter what, and I wanna make sure that when I am in the big leagues that I'm fully healthy. So that was kind of like the deciding factor of, um, you know, I got to get this surgery. I got to make sure that I'm healthy for the the tail end of this year. So I get the surgery, um, you know, obviously miss camp, which. Did you feel like you got any pressure from the organization to do one or another? Or was it completely up to you? No, no. Yeah, it was completely up to me. It was great. I mean, they were great through the whole process, man. They flew my mom out, take care of me. Like, they were such a professional organization, man. Like, they were unreal. Um, but no pressure. I, I, I remember, like, just being confused because I was, I was like, what's a bone spur, right? Anytime you think of, like, an arm injury at the time, you're just thinking, like, Tommy John, shoulder, labrum, tear, rotator cut, like, all these mainstream things. And then you hear this bone spur thing. And... um and I was like, well, if it's going to put me out three months, it's February 15th right now. So that's going to be, you know, what, May? And I was like, that's that's plenty of time, dude. I'm good. Like, I'll get this surgery. No problem, man. So uh, get the surgery. Um, and then instead of three months, it takes, I think, five. I, for some reason, like, just I don't know what was going on. I don't want to say anything uh, negatively about anyone in particular, but for some reason the, the the rehab process didn't go as planned. I wasn't able to gain full range back, even even standing here right now talking to you, trying to straighten out my arm. I'm lacking 30 degrees of extension and like 30 degrees of flexion, so it was kind of an alarming thing for everyone. And uh, so finally, you know, it came time I think for the organization, like, hey we're paying this dude. We got to get him out on the field. He's got a pitch this season. He had a bone spur freaking surgery and uh, it was only supposed to be three months. It's taken forever. So they, um, ended up getting like a cortisone shot, I think, and sent me out. And I just remember thinking like, Oh man, I'm not ready, dude. I, I was not recovering. Um, every time I would throw, uh, the next day it would be super swollen and this and that, uh, kind of panicking, I guess a little bit, just again, I've never been injured. So, um, you know, I remember like going on a rehab assignment and like being 87, 88 and thinking like this, this is just like what I needed, right? Like this is just the icing on the cake of this freaking storybook career that I got going for me. Um, so anyways, long story short, I guess per se is, is that I, I did my rehab assignment. Things got a little bit better, um, ended up going to, they, they sent me out of my rehab assignment to high A. And I was thinking like, wait a second, I ended in dubs, man. I should be in dubs. Why am I in high A? Kind of a little bit discouraged. Um, spent maybe only like two or three outings in, in high A. Uh, started getting the velo back and then they sent me the dubs. And I actually pitched pretty well that year. Um, again, as one of those things, I think if you look at like my box scores, it's so frustrating. Um, my mom and I joke about this all the time. I'm very unlucky at, at some occasions, but there was a couple outings where like, you know, he's a six hole ground ball, hits off a shoe, goes around, score three runs or a missed pop up, but he didn't see it. So it's like, 
can't give it an air. Those are those outings. I'm not trying to be the guy that makes excuses. But anyways, long story short, I pitched pretty well uh, tail end of the 2016 in dubs. Um, got the velo back. I was like 94, 96 maybe. Um, and then, you know, there was talk about me doubling up the uh, double back with the fall league. That didn't happen. So then I was like, okay, why well, I, I pitched maybe 20-somewhat innings. I got to go pitch, dude. Like, that's when we start exploring the winter ball options. So that uh, then, yeah, that's how that kind of came about and got my first taste of what a winter ball season is like. Um, and it was, uh, I believe it was like the day that I got to Puerto Rico, um, they, the Cardinals called me and they were like, hey, we want to run it back. We're going to, you know, we want to resign you. And uh, I was like, wow, that's fantastic, right? Because at that time, I'm thinking they're pissed at me. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they're like, we want to resign you. So I call my agent. I'm like thinking like, hey, like, should I, you know, get a little bit less money than I did this past year because I didn't play? And he was like, no, you're going to get more. So I was like, that's weird. And uh, I was like, I told him, I was like, the only thing I want is I want to freaking I want to run it back with the big league thing. You know, I was like, I need a big league spring training invite. Like I didn't, I got it, but I didn't get to go. And uh, so they came back with, you know, that's totally fine. So I, I was like, this is great. So then I got to pitch in Puerto Rico, get innings. I, I, I pitched really, really well there. Um, enjoyed Puerto Rico. I can salsa dance better than anyone listening to this. You're welcome. Um, and then, you know, after Puerto Rico, I was, uh, again, really encouraged going into that off season because I, I finally got my first taste of an injury. I needed that, right? Check that box. There you go. Boom. And uh, I came back and I, I finished out the year strong, got the contract, got the big league invite. Now, you know, now things are starting to get back on track. Did you have any any thought in your mind going into 2017 spring training that w did you have any doubts about your position in the organization? Did you think a hundred percent I'm going back to, you know, at the very least I'm starting the season in double a. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what the thought process was, man. It was like, you know, I, I was really, I was just excited to be healthy. Uh, looking at like the organization, I was, they would still liked me obviously. Right. You wouldn't sign a guy if they didn't like him. So still really encouraged, still confident, still comfortable with everything too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was really like thinking like, this is it, man. This is, this is where it all unfolds. I'm going to come into camp first big league camp. I'm going to impress guys. And then, um, you know, I don't care where I break. Like, honestly, that doesn't matter. I just know that, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to be a guy. I'm going to be, you know, this is the season. And, uh, obviously events didn't go as planned <laughs> and walk me through that what the, oh, the cardinals geez. release you march 22nd of 2017 right near the end of spring training yeah yeah well there's another thing right you got to check off the box of the the career is like hey released in spring training check <laughs> i mean it was just crazy man like kind of how you probably won unfolded. bingo career bingo by that point yeah no i got bingo i called it i called it back on on our two <laughs> but uh yeah so it was just crazy right because like i start in big league camp and i'm like whoa i'm in big league camp i gotta share a locker but i was sharing it with flaherty so i was like this is kind of dope <laughs> so i uh yeah i mean i think i pitched twice maybe three times in, in big league camp and one bad two good i remember my first outing in big league camp i came in right after mike leak through three perfect innings and um, and the Braves still had all their dudes in, so I faced Inciarte, Swanson, Freeman, Phillips, and Matt Kemp. 
and uh what was the cabrera guy i forget uh we had his brother anyways it was like well i was out there like this is where you talk about you know you mentioned when i was 18 like what was the difference there looking at these guys in the dish i was like now it's like starting to come into fruition dude i'm like i'm facing these dudes right so uh didn't go as planned that outing but uh but yeah um i i got sent down i think second maybe third cuts of camp which honestly like i'm not going to be like super depressed about it um because it was a great experience it was kind of just like the you know it was just a stepping stone i felt like i that's kind of how i was like approaching it was just getting my feet wet honestly uh and then as soon as i got sent down to minor league camp this is where it got weird because i was like coming from big league camp i got sent down to minor league camp i pitched one outing the outing like went fine and then i remember coming in the next day with my freaking my bagel like super pumped to crushed this bagel and the dude that grabs everyone to release everyone like grabs me so i'm like confused everyone around me is like looking like what's going on so my first reaction is like oh frick i'm in trouble right like me being flamboyant and loud and i'm like i did something like i'm in trouble crap so i'm like i'm it's weird because i i kind of like so i guess it did cross my mind you're you don't think you're getting released no, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I, I guess it crossed my mind to the point where like, why is the dude that like releases everyone or grabs everyone to release everyone? Like, why is he grabbing me? But uh, yeah, I was kind of just like, yeah, first thing, I, well, I'm in trouble. I'm not, you know, who, I, again, I'm, I'm not like trying to gloat or anything, but I, you're not gonna release a guy that, you know, everything kind of going through, looking at the track record and all that. Like, it was just, I remember sitting down and, and being confused. And then the opening start was like, organization's going to make a change. We just, we're not going to, we don't, we don't see a solution for you in uh, getting innings this year. Like we, we don't know where to put you. We don't have room. You wouldn't be able to get innings. And, uh, and I was like, what does it mean? (laughs) And it was like, yeah, we're going to release you from your contract. Like sign here, sign there. Okay. Later. And as everyone probably knows, spring training is the worst time to get released. So, I'm kind of like in shock, like, whoa, like what's the next move? But, um, yeah. And then obviously get on the phone with the agent agents kind of like super confused. Like what? Like they just released you. So I'm trying to get a job. I'm actually staying. I stay in Florida for a little bit. Cause a part of me is like, yeah, I'll get a job in no time. Dude. I was just in big league camp. Like what am I 25 at the time? Like still pretty young. Right. Like, well, that's going to be all good. So I stay in Florida for a little bit. I talk to a few different teams about this and that. There's no room. We're trying to release guys. We can't just sign a guy, this and that. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go home, I guess. Um, my lease was up. So I went home or I went, you know, moved back in with the parents. And then this is kind of where it got like, whoa, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Because I was at that point, is there any retirement thought or is it I just need to wait around and find another job? No, there's no retirement thought just because like, I mean, I'm, I'm at this point right now in my development that I was like, I finally got this thing figured out. You know, I'm like, I finally got it. I'm not, I've gone through everything I think I needed to go through to be, to learn, right. To grow. And now I'm at this point, like I'm, I'm there. And I think that's what brought about the confidence of, you know, continuing to want to play. And, and, and again, I love the game, right? I love everything about the game. I love, you know, everything that comes, comes with it. The buddies, the locker room talk, the road trips, even the freaking bus rides, as much as they suck, like 
Now, I've been out of the game now at this point in this podcast. Like I've been out two years. I've just miss it, you know. So at this point in my in my career is 2017, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to play. So then that's when the idea of independent baseball comes about. And um, I won't lie to you. I've always been a guy that I was 88th overall, dude. Like I kind of looked down upon indie ball. And I remember when I originally got released by Pittsburgh, I got a few indie ball calls, and I was like, yeah, right, dude. Like, yeah, I'm not going to indie ball. But at this point in my career, is like, holy smokes, dude. Like, I, I need to play this game. I need to get picked up. So I'll, I'll go to indie ball. It's the only mound out there. There's, there's, only, there's only one. So <laughs> it's the only place that gave me a jersey. You head to Lincoln. You head, and then later that year, you head, to, you head to Southern Illinois. But for the first time since that outing that you got lit up in, your last outing of high school, you're legitimately playing for an organization that's trying to win. I think it, the the yeah. thing that that everyone That's, that we've yeah. talked to in this series from indie ball, I've I've honestly I think I think we've we've gotten nothing but positive reactions on that front. What's it like pitching to one get back into affiliated, you know, get your get your spot back, but also what's what's pitching a win like again, dude? I mean, I speak for a lot of a lot of people out there when I talk about any ball in the sense of it's the most fun that you'll have playing professional baseball. You throw the politics out the window and you go out there and you have fun, dude. Like that's the way the game should be, right? Like it's it, it honestly when when you look at my again, when you look at my success in my career, it's all about me like being who I am and people allowing me to be who I am. And when I'm able to be who I am and be comfortable, I do really well. And um, that was kind of what indie ball uh, brought up, brought about was that fun camaraderie win, wanting to win and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, funny story, right? Like, so I go to Lincoln, they're like, Hey, we need a starter. Right. So I'm like, heck yeah, dude, I got all this pitching stuff and mental stuff figured out. Now I get to go back and start and have freaking fun again. Like, let's go. I'm going to be a starter. Like, yeah, I'll start for you, dude. So I go to Lincoln. I'm trying to start. And mind you, I haven't started since, what, 13, 2013. Um, trying to, like, regain all that stuff. It actually goes pretty well until I get hit in the face with a comebacker. and <laughs> broke, broke my face. It's and not what you want. Actually, no, it was actually really scary, dude. Like, I have a video. Um, but, yeah, I got hit with a comebacker. Broke my – I'm, like, sitting out there just like, oh, it was bad, man. Um, but that uh, – that, you know, I miss substantial amount of time. I miss like two, two months, three months. I had broken nose, deviated septum. I had to go and get surgery and all this and that. I'm, I miss more time and, and I come back and, uh, typical indie ball, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone that has come across my path, but like typical indie ball where like, Hey, um, I know you haven't thrown all that much cause you like broke your nose and, and whatnot, but like, we need a starter on Sunday. Can you give us five? Awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I was like, at this point, man, I like, I'll give you five. So I ended up going out there, like I pitched five and, and I ended up like, doing pretty well, maybe like five, um, you know, one, one earn, maybe, I don't know. Well, but would you prefer like thought... that though to, I mean, it, say that it happened to you when you're 20 it's okay. Well, you're back from this this deviated septum. You're back from the surgery. Okay, here's one, here's one or two in the GCL. Then here's one in short season. Okay, now you can come back and then any ball. Would you rather just hey let's let's roll right back into this? Yeah, I mean that's the difference, right? <laughs> that's a really good question because you're right. Like 
it would suck to to say I was a dude in affiliated ball, right? I would. I would have to go through a very elongated build-up plan and then go get a rehab out in and this and that. Indie ball, man, they're just like, hey, go get them. And maybe that was that was uh, the best thing for me, you know. But um, but it was crazy because I remember after that outing, I like get called in the office, and I didn't even know this was a thing in indie ball. But he was like, hey we need a starter that can give us like more innings or something. Like we're going to trade you. <laughs> we traded you to Southern Illinois <laughs> minors. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know there was, they, they could trade from league to league like that. But so how many bats check did that they off get the box, right? How many, what, how many bats did they get for you? Yeah. I think they got a, a pack of double bubble and uh, maybe a, maybe a bat boy. That's <laughs> not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. If you no, get the bat boy. No, you, no, they, they, if you got the bat boy, I think it's a definite win. For everyone involved, right? Absolutely. So, you, well, you get to Southern Illinois. Uh, you finish out the year there. You head back there in 2018. And then I, I don't want to gloss too much over any ball, but you do you do something that's really difficult in getting yourself back into affiliated ball in 2018. Your, your second year of Southern Illinois, you get you get signed by the Rangers, which is not something that a lot of times any ball is the last stop. How walk you know walk me through that getting getting back in what it's like getting that call to find out you're getting another shot. Yeah, well, I got I got to take you back a little bit. Um, after the season of 2017, I had the opportunity to again double double up with uh, Puerto Rico and and go play winter ball. But this time, um, it was it was different in the sense of in 2016 when I went and played, I left early because I wanted to like give my arm a little break before big league camp. And they ended up going to the Caribbean world series and winning it all this time. I was like, Hey, freaking a dude, I'm here for the long haul. And uh, it was actually a shortened season because of the hurricane. So I, I go there and this is where a lot of things just clean up for me. You know, um, a, a lot of things go really well for me that, that winter ball season. Um, I go in there, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy, you know, I'm like the eighth inning guy and, uh, you know, every outing I'm out, you know, 94, 97. Um, and we ended up getting an opportunity to, you know, win the, not only win the, the Puerto Rican whole league, but we go to the Caribbean series and we play there and we're playing in front of freaking a ton of people. And this is probably like my craziest experience in all of professional baseball is like getting to play in the Caribbean series, being on, you know, ESPN and stuff like that and doing really well. So I, that set up the idea of like, okay, this guy's a, you know, he's, he's, he's an option. Like we can get him 26. I think I was 26, 26 at the time, maybe 27. I'm not sure. I don't even know how old I am right now. Um, but it, it just you know, still, man. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm still 18 mentally, so that's fine. Uh, yeah. So I uh, do, do, do have a good season there. And, and, um, I'm a little, actually, I'm a little discouraged after that season because I was like, I thought for sure I'd get picked up. Cause you know, I was, I was doing really well. Um, but anyways, I go back to Southern Illinois and this is kind of where it gets, you know, confusing because I had just had a lot of good, you know, success being a reliever, a one inning guy again, which is, you know, looking at recent history of 2015, probably my best year is when I was a, a one inning back end of the bullpen guy. So you start talking about identifying what the best role is for us, for an individual. Maybe that was it. But I go back to Southern and it was kind of just one of those things where, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll just start. I want to start. Starting's fun. Like I get to go on a routine. I, I'm a big routine guy. So I think the starting routine is the best routine in all of like in all of sports. <laughs> so 
I, I go back and start, and I, I throw really, really well. Um, in that season, I'm having a lot of fun, dude. I'm just, like, enjoying the game, not overcomplicating anything. And then out of nowhere, the Rangers called. I actually um, – sorry, I got to backpedal a little bit. I actually drove to Arizona after the Caribbean series and threw for the Rangers and the D-backs in one of those scout open things or whatever. I don't know. But, again, that, that kind of just was so another So the contact was there. Into. It wasn't – completely out of left field that the Rangers right would, that you right. would have been on it was their already radar. established yeah I mean I went I went to the uh I went to the complex and, and threw for them and, and threw really well um so I was already on the radar and then it just so happened that year uh, in 2018 that you know I had, a, had a few I don't even know if it was a few they had a lot of guys go down with injuries and um so yeah kind of out of left field in the sense of I was just you know playing indie ball and the Rangers called said hey we're gonna sign you and I was like, well, man, this is it. You know, talking about that whole this is it moment again, thinking this is where I make my mark. You know, I'm just thinking like it's all predestined. Like eventually I'm going to get to the big leagues. It's just a matter of like what year is it going to be? You know, and what do I got to go through before that? So then I'm like thinking this is it. You know, this is this is going to be the one. This is, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I go and I they, they send me to Frisco. So I'm in dubs, you know, pretty encouraged. Obviously back in affiliated ball, like you said, it's hard to do. Beautiful stadium up in Frisco. Oh, dude, I, I love that league too. You know, it's a good league. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the bullpen. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm back into like a good role in the, in the pen, comfortable. And uh, so I think I only throw once and I throw – throwing a random game in like Midland and then we we go we drive obviously the the those bus rides suck it's about a five about a five hour hike from Midland to uh to Frisco roughly yeah well no so we go to Corpus that's what it was we go to Corpus Christi that's an even longer hike yeah exactly so so we go there and I remember it just being kind of weird because like they called me in and uh they were like hey uh high a down east they're like they need a starter so they kind of leave it open right and I'm like okay so that's great for down east I'm in Frisco yeah I was like all right I don't know if they they wanted me to say oh dude I want to go down there um but they're like yeah like you know I guess we're going to send you down there to start. So it's, it's interesting, right? Because the notion in, in affiliated ball is like, if you're a starter, no matter where you are, like the organization likes you, you know, usually it's when you fail as a starter, then you get sent to the bull, the bullpen, which is in my history, it holds true. Um, so I was kind of like, took that in a kind of positive way, you know, uh, I was like, all right, man, this is great. I'm back in pro ball, um, or I'm back in affiliated ball. Uh, I have an organization, dude. I like, and then now I'm going back to being a starter, you know, five years later. <laughs> um, this is it. This is where it's all coming, you know. Uh, Dad always said that he wanted a son that was a starting pitcher because he always thought that they had the best lives in the world. So I was like, this is where it all unfolds. I'm going to go to the big leagues as a starter with Texas. Great. And then... Um, I don't know why, again, just me being an idiot. I go there and I'm like trying to just literally make these unbelievable pitches every every pitch. Like I'm trying to be a freaking machine. Like I, I again, I'm coming from this Southern Illinois type of approach that's very similar to my mindset in high school, where I was like, I'm better than you. 
I'm going to lift my leg and I'm going to throw it freaking wherever the heck I want it with X plus offerings. Like it doesn't matter. You're not going to hit me. Very similar mindset in indie ball. And then when, as soon as I get to affiliate ball back, back starting again, I'm like, oh, I got to put this pitch in this very precise location, or I got I to gotta make sure that I throw this guy a breaking ball, but it has to be right here because if he swings this way, and I'm like starting to like do way too much, you know, um, and then so on and so forth. I don't really do that well as a starter. They put me in the pen. I'm kind of more satisfied with that role. I have one outing, and again, I'm still in high A. I have one outing out of the pen where um, – it was my first outing, actually, out of the pen, where it goes really good, three innings, actually, um, scoreless. And then my next outing, three days later, out of nowhere, I'm in warm-ups, like, in the game. They called me down after getting hot in the pen, and I'm throwing, like, my warm-up pitches. You know, everyone's just waiting on me. And then I go to rip a curveball, and I just, my, oh, my, like, it felt like my armpit ripped off. And I remember kind of, like, blacking out and falling to the floor, and just just being like so confused, but in so like most pain I've ever been in on a baseball in life, actually, in general. And I've been hit in the face with a baseball coming about 100 miles an hour. So that's to say something. But yeah, out of nowhere, kind of just was dealt with this. And I was like, I just remember thinking that night, like, yep, why not? Why not? Right. But what was yeah, the uh, what was the diagnosis? So that's a whole nother book in and of itself is. Um, I, I'm in down East, which is Kinston, North Carolina, which is not a, not a great town. Um, so we, we schedule for an MRI like the next day, cause we were playing a night game. So no one was open or whatever. So we go to down East at hospital or something or Kinston hospital, get an MRI comes back. They couldn't see the precise location of the injury. So they can't give me a diagnosis. We got to reschedule your MRI. So again, I'm in Kinston, North Carolina, like, <laughs> all right, I'll just wait here, I guess. So dealing with this freaking lat thing, that's this boob thing that's kind of like hanging off the side of my, my body. It's weird. And um, so then they reschedule an MRI to a different thing. I had to drive like an hour to go get that and get that same thing. They're like, hey, it's not like we can't see the thing. It's not in the right placement. We're going to fly you to Arlington. So... I'm like, okay, well, I'll go to Arlington, but what am I going to do with my car? Well, you got to leave it there. But then I was like, oh, well, how am I going to get it back? They were like, well, you have to pay for it back. So then I'm like, why? That's not fair. I got why you're going to pay freaking $1,200 to ship my car. When it, anyways, so then I go to Arlington, get the freaking MRI, and the guy calls me back, um, says, oh, it's a grade two, you know, rest for what was it, six weeks, and then start light throwing progressions. And I'm going to try to like simplify this whole entire story because it can get really, really long. But um, you know, and then I'm like, okay, that's great. Like grade two, it's not fully torn, blah, blah, blah. Uh, six weeks, nothing. Okay. Get back. All right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I moved back in with the parents again and six weeks downtime, but this is actually the part where I can shameless plug all, all the live long day, because this is my blessing in disguise. It encouraged me to like really dive into my brand. Right. So start taking, all right, uh, this is, I, I, go full full board into podcast, have a website, start, you know, offering online training. You get in the content um, game. Yeah, man, just content freaking crush pace, you know, so all of these things I'm able to fully dive into, which is great for my mentality, you know, because, you know, I mean, if I didn't have that, you know, it was like, shoot, I'd be, I'd be a mess, right? So, um, yeah, so long, long story short, man, is, is, uh, I ended up getting a, probably a total of like seven more MRIs with Texas, kind of just to keep telling them like, hey, it's not getting better, 
Um, it still hurts. I can't sneeze without it feels like it's freaking ripping and this and that. I can't like do this, uh, whatever. And so finally the, the guy was like, I don't know what to tell you, like go get a second opinion. So fly to New York, um, you know, on my own dime. Cause I gotta, I gotta figure this whole thing out. And uh, I go see the surgeon that originally did the Jake PV, you know, lat reconstruction surgery. And I take off my shirt and he's like, oh, yeah, it's torn. You One of the first, surgery? that PV surgery was like the first of its kind. Was it not where they just basically reattached? The yeah. The first surgery. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, it was cool talking to the dude, though. But uh, he was like, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we go in and we set an anchor here and we tie this and this and that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I just spent six and a half months trying to like get better and it's not freaking my my window is closing man you know like i'm making the big leagues at some point dude but so at how this old am point, i gonna be <laughs> muscles hanging off your shoulder you've you've just been released or you've just been about to be released by the rangers it's 2018 or 26 yeah that was weird yeah you've got you know you've got a handful of innings above high a and it's still even at that point, before that surgery, you're getting that surgery because you're making the big leagues. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, no question. No question. Because because everyone else that, like, maybe looks at that outside looking in, they don't see the little things. You know, they don't see, like, the amount of hours that I put into this. They don't see, like, the, you know, the times that I'm at my absolute best. You know, they see numbers on a paper and they determine good or bad. <laughs> And it's like, no, I'm with myself all the time. So I know, man, I, I am, I, I put too much work into this. I'm too confident. Um, you know, and, and yeah. So at that point I'm kind of like, yeah, dude, like let's freaking get this thing going so I can get freaking back, you know, stop, let's stop wasting time. So, uh, fly back, um, had to schedule a freaking surgery. And meanwhile, I like I moved in like two different locations, working with like a bunch of people trying to figure this whole lat thing out, trying to get better, doing everything. Again, it go, comes back to checking boxes, man. Like, are you checking the right boxes for you to accomplish your goals? And I was like, okay, my goal is big leagues. I'm unhealthy. How do I get healthy? I got to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, let's go. It's not a question. It's just you do it. So I'm like moving all over. I moved to Denver. I moved to Omaha. I'm moving all over the place, working with people. And so finally... Um, you know, surgery, how long is the surgery recovery time? Oh, 12 to 15 months. Ah, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and do it. But, uh, you know, how old am I going to be when I get to the big league? So, but again, a, you know, blessing in disguise, like this past, I got the surgery January of 20, what, 19, 2019, so, um, you know, it's been, been, a, been a quite a bit of time, been a journey, but again, like the positive that came out of it, cause there's a positive that happens to everything. Like the positive was I was fully able to dive into this, this essentially a company now, you know, the Robbie Rocho company, I guess you would say like online stuff and, and all of that. And I was able to grow this, you know, pretty big and, and I was able to grow it to the point where I was able to affect people's lives and, and, um, you know, that's, Maybe that's the desired plan. You well, know, like who, well, let's talk about knows? let's talk about that. You've spent the last year growing your podcast, growing your brand, which is help because of your personality, but it's also what you've you've dove in and 
and, and this is something that anyone who checks out your Instagram or your social media can see, you've dove in and you've been trying to absorb what is what is taking the baseball world by storm, which is this new age of of development. Um, you know, I you know, no free ads, but it, kind of like the driveline <laughs> movement. If you were gonna say, if you're gonna say anything, kind of like that, the private coach movement, that kind of thing. So, well, what have you taken in, in that year? What have you, what have you changed? Sitting on the sidelines, sitting from a yeah. bed rehabbing, what have you changed about what you're doing, and how's that going to change what you do going forward to get to the big leagues? Because you are still a current, you know, unemployed at this at this point. Right. Recording March, you know, March 18th. There's no baseball going on right now. But your goal Everyone's is st- <laughs> your goal is still big leagues. What are what have you taken in this past year with this new age of baseball development that you're putting towards yourself? Well, yeah, I mean it, it goes hand in hand with like that other blessing in disguise, right? So like along with all the stuff that I'm doing on social media and and you know tr- training guys remotely and and you know giving lessons and whatnot and all that stuff is is great, but for personal development too because. You know, when I went down in, in 2018, like, yeah, the whole track man and data analytics and pitch metrics, all these were kind of starting to arise, right? Like they were like, oh, hey, here's a piece of paper and it's got spin and it's got movement stuff and it's cool, man. But here it is. I don't know what it means. Good job. Good luck. <laughs> and so as the games obviously progressed, it's gotten a little bit more and more analytical, taking deeper dives. And, you know, given the amount of time that I had, I was like, dude, I'm going to freaking dive in, man. I need to learn this stuff. Adapt or die. Because again, at the end of the day, it's about putting yourself in the best possible situation, you know, not only to just for me to be a, the best pitcher that I could be, but like also be the best pitching instructor if that if that came about that I could be. So I needed to learn all that stuff. So I dove in and, um, you know, I mean, it's, there's so many rabbit holes to it, dude. Like it's, it's fun. And me being a perfectionist, it always comes down to like, I, I need to be the best at interpreting this data. And then not only can I interpretate this data, but can I interpret it and then communicate it to somebody that's not going to be able to interpret that. Right. So it's like, it's a full spinning Ferris wheel. I don't even know what that analogy meant type thing where, um, you know, you have all this nuanced stuff and it's intriguing but, you know, I've struggled in my personal development in the game of baseball and pitching with information overload paralysis by analysis, right? So it's like, how can I now take this stuff and allow it to benefit me, but also understanding how I am and understanding like where I've gone wrong in my career? How can I simplify it to the point where I'm not being consumed and then ticking time bomb blow up. Right. And that kind of goes for hand in hand with the, uh, you know, the instruction side of it too. Right. So like, how can I interpretate this and, and then simplify it for somebody else? Because I know if I get too analytical and I get too pers- like all of these terminology things, like people and kids are going to take it negatively. You know, the, the, I think the biggest, the biggest factor is, the foundation needs to be athleticism. I don't care if you're a pitcher only or if you're a freaking shortstop. Like, you need to be an athlete to play the game. Like, don't lose sight on that. But, yeah, man, the whole driveline move, I mean, obviously they do freaking great things for the, the game and for the whole entire industry, and they're con- going to continue to do that. And But, yeah, that whole movement, right? Like, it, it just we talked about this before we hopped on. It was like it just freaking exploded, and, and there's um, 
there's an obvious, you know, area for it. There's obvious need for it and it could be extremely beneficial. Um, but for me coming back and in, in my personal development and my personal journey is how can I learn this stuff? And then how can I incorporate it into my training? And then how can I best portray myself on a resume as a player? Right. So it's like, we're, we're seeing the whole scouting thing from when I originally got my, my other two jobs or three jobs, I guess, when I got drafted, it was about Velo projectability, right? What you can see when I got traded, it's kind of the same thing. When I got signed by St. Louis Velo, right. Um, and then when I got signed by Texas, basically Velo. And now it's like, okay, Velo, well, what's your spin? Oh, well, what's your spin axis? Oh, well, what's your vertical movement? Oh, well, what's your horizontal movement, right? Like, what's your tilt? What's all these things? So now if I can optimize that and check that box and then put myself in a, in a position, you know, for success moving forward of, of essentially looking sexy on paper, right? Like not only expressing Velo, but now I'm expressing something else on paper from a data analytical standpoint that makes me look good, more the merrier. So again, the question is, is not if it's, it's just, it's just when I, I get to the big leagues. So all these things are playing into it. Do you think if you would have had this, this new age of information at, you know, age 19 to 21, do, do you think that Robbie Rowland is cap is mentally capable of what you're doing now with your, with your work physically, or you, you think you really needed to take those lumps and go through what you went through? Oh man, that's such a good question. It's something that I ask myself almost every morning. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I would like to sit here and, and say no, because it's almost like two different, two different, uh, two different dynamics, right? So one side you have what I did go through and that was like more physical, trying to optimize mechanical adjustments and this and that, um, you know, a sprinkle in a little bit of mental, mental midget in there. And then you have the other dynamic, which we're talking about now with the data analytics. And it's like, it's kind of different, um, in the sense of just numbers. And I've always been a number guy, like even in growing up in school and stuff, like I always, I love math and I love numbers. So it, it's, it's different. I don't know. I don't, I wish I could give you an answer, but I don't know, um, if I, you know, would have gone crazy, um, and, paralysis by analysis type thing, or I maybe only would have solely focused on all these data analytics and I wouldn't have focused more on mechanics that allowed me to suck. <laughs> Who knows, right? Like, you don't, you'll never know. So if you could go back and talk to yourself on draft day, if you could you have a private conversation with your 18 year old self right after you got popped by the D-backs, is there, is there anything you would, any kind of advice you you would impart about your, on yourself or just wish you would have known is there anything you would have changed with how at least you mentally went about things wow yeah that's the uh that's the question <laughs> uh it, it's kind of yeah this, it's kind it's, of the same question of if you could mentally handle it but if if you had had the opportunity right, to go back yeah. and say hey man these are this is how things are going to be what well, you know what could you have imparted on yourself? I guess might be the better question. So it's, it's, uh, it's tough because maybe some people listening to this think I'm like joking when I'm talking about like me going to the big leagues, but at a certain time I'm not. So I don't know 
if I would say anything, because I also believe that everything that you go through, you know, is, you know, you need to go through it. Right. So it's like, I don't know if I would trade all of those, all those terrible, terrible moments of my, my career, um, just yet. Maybe ask me in like 10 years. Right. Or I guess when my big league career is over, it'll be 12 years. So ask me in 15, Hey man, Bartolo um, went to his mid forties. So yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely going into my fifties. What did Phil Necro pitch to? Are you working on a knuckleball that you haven't said anything about? I mean, I can't release that information just yet. Phil Necro is practically dust towards the end of that <laughs> career. <laughs> well, hey man, <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, again, to go go back at that question, you know, it's uh. I, I, it's easy for me to say the obvious, right? Like it's, it would be easy for me to sit there and say, Oh, I would go back and tell that 18 year old kid to, Hey dude, like be yourself, keep it simple, have fun, love the game and just be you dude. And I don't know if my 18 year old self would even know what that meant. <laughs> Cause I was doing all those things, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it's easy for me to say that. But again, like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's like, who's to say that I didn't need to go through the 2011 ADRA and the 2013 brief period of yippage and the 2014 being released, um, you know, and the 2017 being released after big league camp and the 2016 surgery before big league camp and the 2017 getting hit in the face and the indie ball and Caribbean series, like all of those things, dude, like... Uh, they're pretty cool, you know? And I mean, to be able to go through that journey and, and, um, again, like I said, to be able to go through all of that and then still be here <laughs> saying that I'm going to make the big leagues. I don't know if it's, it's, uh, it's all worth it, I guess. Well, Phil Necro threw 138 innings at age 48. So you've got some to shoot for. My last thing with you oh is, my yeah, my last question for you, I can't imagine that, you're harnessing all this knowledge, putting in this work, not only with yourself, but working with young pitchers to, you know, decide as soon as you, you finally do hang up your cleats to go like become an accountant or something. Have you given any thought to a post-playing career, what you want to do with all this knowledge? Yeah, I've given a lot of thought. So I still have four years of eligibility in basketball left. So let's not forget that. Um, so there's that thought. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've given a lot of thought. I have a full strategic plan in, in, in play, um, you know, when it when it is time that, uh, you know, we, I'm not going to release just yet. But, yeah, I have given it a lot of thought, um, and I'm actually really excited for the potenti- potentiality. Is that a word? Potential, potential mo- set of motion and when that does come about, it's weird to say, right? Cause like, obviously I, I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm excited for when my career is over, but, uh, I am excited for the possibility of, of doing more stuff, hands-on helping the, the younger generation, because here's the thing, right? So here's the full, here's the entire foundation for why I started everything that I started with Instagram, my website, my podcast, everything. The foundation is this. I've gone through, you know, a, a pretty pretty good journey. Like there's been a lot of teaching points, right, throughout that enti- my entire process thus far, which is not over. 
if I can, if I can influence or teach or instruct or encourage um, somebody else before they have to go through some of that stuff, then all my stuff that I went through was freaking worth it, right? So it's like I think my motto is something that um, you know my my goal is to best equip you for your journey having gone through my journey. You know, I think that's that's all that we can do is uh is past like everything that we've gone through on, you know, because like yeah, I had the big league dad. I was very fortunate, right? Like I, I was put into a very good position early on. I had that. Not a lot of people do. You know, not a lot of people have that that ability to to look somewhere else for advice. Um what I was going through when I was in Pro Ball in in you know 2011 2013 those 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 tough years there wasn't ever really anyone I'm not trying to like disrespect you know mom and dad but it was like you know how mom and dad is you you hear their voice and you're like yeah okay I get it whatever so there was never really anyone that I could like reach out to for that type of encouragement or advice or whatever it was and um you know being that we're in 2020 and Every single kid nowadays has like a smartphone and the connectivity to all of that information. Like it's, it's on me, man. Like it's, it's my duty and it's my responsibility to relay that, relay all that information, man. Like be there for somebody, um, because it's a beautiful game, you know, and I want, I want to encourage people to, to play it and to have fun playing it and not get, get wrapped up in, um, you know, the, the politics of it of, you know, I can't play or can't do this or can't do that. And uh, I'm trying so hard to do this. I want to please everybody. I'm trying to listen to all that stuff. Right. Like I just, um, but again, you know, I'm not done yet. So we'll see. Robbie Rowland, you have given me a ton of your time. Tell the folks again where they can follow you on social media and where they can check out the Robbie Rowe show. Oh, man. So I got to say, dude, the longest pod I've ever done. Like, oh, I felt same. like I was on Rogan. Same. Not, yeah, not even, it's not, it's not even close. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, shoot, man, I should thank you for your time, man. I mean, you're uh, you're on the East Coast, right? Or where are you? It's got to be later I'm central. than where I am. I'm central. I'm just okay. north north uh, northwest of San Antonio. But, yeah, uh, so it's almost freaking midnight there. Yeah, but we're living hashtag Jeez. quarantine life now. So hey, there it is. Where you can find me? Social media platforms. Your boy is on Instagram. That's my main platform. Just got verified last night. Thank you very much, Robbie Row One Two. It's Robbie with a Y. Don't spell it wrong. I get weird about it. TikTok. That's uh, that's the up and coming platform. All the uh, all the youngsters are up there making. TikTok's ruthless. I don't know if you're on there, man. But You'll like, have to I, teach I get so me about that on one. That's TikTok's the oh, thing that's got me dude. feeling washed. I don't know. TikTok don't is like the platform where just people go on and just bash other people. I, I'm thinking of starting a segment. Actually, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start a segment on probably like YouTube or something, and maybe a, just have a podcast episode of reading hateful TikTok comments. Like it's it's fairly entertaining. You have these eight year old kids who are just like, oh, I'd take that 450 dead center. And it was like a 96-mile-an-hour heater biscuit, like, up and in on a guy. You're like, what, dude? Like, no. You kind of love the 8-year-old uh, confidence, though. I, I do, too, man. And I, that's why I can't knock it. And it's and it's good for me, right? Because it's like that 
it's that mental toughness coach for me, you know, like, oh, you're going to let an eight-year-old get under your skin? What's it going to be like when you're at freaking Yankee Stadium and you're pitching for the Sox and you're in the ninth and you're trying to secure a freaking save? Like, yeah, bud, everything in life is a freaking teaching point. Just molding me into that future big leaguer. Oh, jeez, I love it. I'm like motivating myself right now. Anyways, uh, where am I at? TikTok, uh, YouTube, just type in Robbie Rowan. Got a lot of stuff there. I started a new segment yesterday of just FAQs, answering all your guys' FAQs um, that I get, and I get about 111 of them a day. That's on average. Uh, let's see, therobbyrowshow.com. That's where everything is. You'll find free content library, free blogs, all that stuff. Also, my remote coaching services, pitching mechanics analysis, um, all that good stuff on therobbyroshow.com. And then uh, last but not least, the podcast is just The Robbie Row Show. I got to do more of that. But uh, during this coronavirus stuff, uh, real busy on the remote coaching front. But love podcasting, as you guys probably have heard today. And um, yeah, man. But shoot. Hey, like I said, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on, man. That's That was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. I've been standing this whole entire time because I'm on a laptop and my desk is taken over by a bunch of Macs. And uh, I just realized that my like foot's asleep. But Same, man. Yeah, I've been standing. They say sitting is the new sugar. Robbie, thanks so much for coming on Phenom to the Farm. Appreciate you, man. And that's a wrap for part two with Robbie Rowland. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe to From Phenom to the Farm wherever you get your podcasts. Go check out Robbie's podcast, The Robbie Row Show, and make sure you're checking out Baseball America Daily for new content. We've got the draft coming up. Uh, Joe Healy, Teddy Cahill are doing those college uh, game rewatches on the Baseball America College podcast. Uh, please go follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho. You'll get upcoming guest info for this podcast dropping every other Tuesday. Uh, you can also check out my weekly sports movie podcast, Big Screen Sports. That comes at you every Monday. For now, thanks so much for checking out From Phenom to the Farm, and we will see you in two weeks. Thanks. Thanks.